All right, guys, we are back. Episode 33 of The Rink Shrinks. We have a great interview with uh, NHL superstar Zach Parisi. Uh, we talked to him about his time at Shattuck St. Mary's, the influence of his father, JP, in his career, uh, winning those puck battles, which we know are important, Mots. Uh, and also, we talk about Mots' first experience with the new rules and, and also myself playing in the, uh, the hold the line game. So, Mots, what do you say? You ready to roll? Let's go. This past week, we lost a good friend in Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy was a great friend to a lot of people. He had numerous great friends that he grew up playing with in the greater Boston area as well as around the world that was evident at the wake and funeral services. I was about nine years older than Jimmy, and I used to coach him in summer camps when he was a kid, and then eventually we skated together in in summer leagues and pickup hockey. No matter what age Jimmy, Jimmy was, he always acted the same, always laughing, always smiling, just a great kid. One of... One of the things we heard most about Jimmy since he passed was be more like Jimmy. I've been thinking a lot about what that means to me and also how younger kids can carry on Jimmy's legacy. Everyone wants to be like Jimmy Hayes and play in the NHL and play out his childhood dream, but we all know that's not going to happen to everyone. Not everybody's going to grow up and be six foot six and a stud athlete. But whether Jimmy was in the NHL or he was a garbage man, he would have been the same person. To be more like Jimmy is to be a good person, to be a person that does the little things like holding a door for someone, smiling when a stranger walks in the room so they are comforted, to hug your family and friends more, to be a kid that picks up the pucks at the end of practices or picks up the tape balls in the locker rooms without being told to, to treat the waitress at at your local restaurant or a person serving you coffee in the morning the same way you would like anybody to be treated. Please keep Jimmy's wife, Kristen, his sons, Bo, Mac, Bo and Mac, in your prayers, along with the Valenti family, as well as Big Kevin Hayes, Sheila, his sisters, Genevieve, Eileen, Justin, Justine, and Kevin Hayes. Uh, Mots, this is obviously a very difficult one. Um, you know, you and Jimmy were super close. Uh, you guys played together. You had, you know, great experiences driving to the rink and things like that together. So I know you want to say something as well. That was obviously, you know, very difficult way to start the show, but you know, I'd also like to thank our, our sponsors and fans for everybody kind of bearing with us and taking the week off last week. Well, that was very <clears throat> well said BY. Um, yeah, just my personal experiences with Jimmy uh, a little bit older as well, but um, skated with him. really got to know him when he was at BC and, uh, I just remember skating with him. I was looking for a contract, and he's like, dude, is everyone this strong in the NHL? I'm like, I'm actually not that strong. So, so you got you to gotta start bearing down a little bit coming into the corners, a little, you know, as a bigger guy. But just his, his, his personality, um, you know, you could see it then just as far as loving the game, loving being around the guys, and, and just being a great person. Uh, so my last year playing, he got traded from Chicago, and we lived in the same apartment complex and uh, drove to the rink every day with him. And we uh, we really, you know, took to one another. I tried to help him as much as I could to, you know, help him get in the lineup, you know, stay in the lineup, do do something that a coach will not be able to take you out of the lineup for and then, and then take it from there. So just trying to give him some advice from a guy that was on his way out. Um, you know, and I, I, I cared for those times and looking back, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty special. Um, but I talked to my son's team, you know, 
that night after the funeral service and you know, I, I told them that we had, you know, a very close friend who who uh passed away and over the course of the week uh, and in, in particular the last two days, um not much was said about Jimmy Hayes, the hockey player. And you kind of nailed it on the head. Everyone was talking about how great of a person he was, how great of a teammate um, he was. And that's something that can be carried on. So being like Jimmy was the message as well to those kids. And you you nailed it with some of the little things that you can do just to be a good person. And, um, you know, it starts in the room when you're, when you're, you're developing your skill sets on the ice. You know, it starts in the room to to care for your teammate like Jimmy did and care for the, the guy sitting next to you. So that's the message that we'll be able to keep keep uh, talking about and referencing Jimmy to keep his legacy alive. No, that's great, Ma. It's very uh, well said. And obviously, I think, you know, everybody in the hockey community was was touched by Jimmy Hayes. And it, it was, you know, he was a special kid. He was a special person. And, and obviously, we, you know, send our console condolences to the to the family and and we really you know we're gonna miss him because he was a great kid and had an infectious smile and just a good person but uh i think we you know we we have a great interview planned today mots where uh you know we're gonna be talking with zach parisi later on which is a fantastic interview and um you know obviously there's there's some other things that are going on we're getting into hockey season here um what's uh what's been going on with you uh, not much. We're getting going here. We got uh, the last two weekends. Um, U16 has gotten going, and uh, you know it is it is kind of difficult to turn the switch on. You know, it's from off season. Even if you're skating, and whatnot. It you know it's that mentality that um, you know these U16 kids are are experiencing firsthand right now. You can't just flip on a switch. So, you know, it's early in the season and yet these games count towards national standings. And, um, you know, that was my message to him last game. It's you have to have urgency, you know, in the shortened season and have an understanding of how important it is to be ready, not only, you know, before the game, but every shift. And then, you know, you got to then you got to execute. Sometimes you don't have your best game like we didn't have our best game, but you got to find ways and winning puck battles like all this stuff that we kind of talk a lot about, um, you know, we saw firsthand how the mental side of it can really dictate the flow of a game and the outcome of a game. Yeah, that's great. Do you get distracted, like thinking about your lawn and stuff while it's still kind of <laughs> lawn mowing season? Yeah. Well, we had some uh, weather in the Northeast here and, uh, you know, some of the yeah, leaves. Things are going to be, things are going to be growing though. It, well, all that rain, the, the rain. And I, I do, I will say that I, I did catch myself a little bit about being a little bit nuts, but there's some renegade um, blades of grass that like grow faster. And I was out there picking them, and you know I just couldn't couldn't stand no. the, the fact that there was like. <laughs> and Courtney helped me. Uh, my daughter, I had her out there, and I b- filled up like half a, a you know big barrel of just <laughs> grass by hand, which was I know it's a little nuts, but. Uh, you know, sitting on the porch having coffee. I'm like, that. that's unacceptable. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, that uh, – I know. it's uh, thing, Things are blooming. The, the things – those weeds are growing. They're going to grow, especially that rain. I, I just don't want you to – I need you focused on the ice. I need you – Yeah. I need you focused. You well, can't be thinking about the grass now. It's hockey season. 
Right. Well, I, I, it's very difficult for me, but once the leaves start turning and they start falling, then I'll be, t- we'll be talking about raking. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my teams, I was on the ice, uh, tonight actually first couple practices. Good to get out there and kind of get the legs going, get the, uh, the teams, you know, underway kind of unofficial pra- practices before Labor Day. But, um, uh, <clears throat> obviously not everybody's there yet, but yeah, we're, back in a routine of school and, and uh, hockey practices. And it, 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 it does feel a little good to have a little structure in your life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we got the, the practices starting up next week. And we'll, we will have had played two weekends of games. And, um, you know, it's just stuff that you can – I've been making some notes on what to work on with the group and the skill set that we have and the personnel. So it's going to be fun. But I will say um, – I was going to say, how, how's the new rules? Well, in those games, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I got a tournament this weekend that I can actually watch and not coach, but the, uh, I was, I was interested to get your thoughts on the new rule changes. Well, so we'll just say the, uh, no tag up offside in the icing of the puck not being able to ice the puck on the shorthand. Those are the two. And I think it's, I feel that they're putting these rules in and trying to force feed skill sets which I don't think is the right way to go, right? Number one, the, the the play stopped and started more than it would have with the tag up. And then there was a couple intentional calls by the ref. That's discretionary. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. You know, like these, and the other thing is these kids are going to go play in high school and not have to play these roles. So it doesn't right. make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. And I was get I was on the bench. The kids are. Were you, you know, getting fired up? Were you barking at the refs? Were you I breaking bark, our rules? No, I didn't bark at the refs. But like I internally, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like we had a couple guys, you know, make some decent plays to flip it out. You know, so that's a good skill play. But you know, a couple hit the roof. You know, I'm like, who cares? Ice the puck. You know, it, it stinks though. It stinks that you know you have to try I like to like it. Get fired up. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand the the concept behind the rules. I do. I mean, but we're at an age where, you know, we want to develop. So personally, in in the, you know, my other coach, uh, Whitey McGlain, we are on the same page with skill development. And I'm just telling you, when you're a defenseman and you have to backpedal with the puck, yeah, we're encouraging that. We want the puck. But under pressure, like in a quick play, I'm, you know, and it, there's no way you're going to try to toe drag and, and get some separation. And it, there's just, it's not constructed. The, the, the rule is not constructed appropriately. I don't think. Right. Because well, especially when you're playing like meaningful games that well, could that was, be affect yeah, that, national that, championships. That is like, I think, like you said, at mites and squirts and like little kids where, okay, there's not, you know, a so-called national championship that you could potentially be playing for, right? But that that one mistake in the neutral zone when you're retreating with the puck and try to spin out away from a guy or or whatever could cost you a goal. So that yeah, that was like my next point of like results versus development. And you kind of nailed it. It's like as coaches, you have to I kind of understand there will be mistakes and lead to goals as, you know, these young kids are playing. I know results mean a lot to the kids when they're playing, but when these guys are 16 vying for states and nationals and they still, you know, still are developing as well, but you got a coach to win a little bit too. You have to construct 
certain you know areas because puck management is going to be more uh, important. Wall play, those upper thirds of each zone, like all the stuff that you know you can get away with as a young kid, and, but understanding the concept of those pressure areas. But you know, this is a, a mistake happens, and it's in the back of the net. You know, it's right. So that's my coaching philosophy is to get these kids in a position to understand those pressure areas, still try to make plays, but know your outs and and be able to manage the puck to a safer area. And sometimes dumping it in when you're under pressure as a D, you're on the other on this side of the red line, that's the play. And then it there's a whistle. It's like and then the the face off said center right. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I'm I wasn't happy with it. So more or less, you tell me that my son's U15 game that's Friday night at 8.50 isn't going to get over to like midnight. That's So we had a men's league hour game. It was a 9.20 game. We didn't get home till 12. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Just before. And, and, we, and, we, we and just to add a gas to like, station for, you know, a game. Yeah, you had to get some combos. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, I mean, that's all like that, that neutral zone and, and, you know, not, um, you know, that rule, the no tag up stuff. Right. But then, I mean, icing the puck and being an effective penalty killer and winning those board battles and getting the puck out of the zone and getting it down to the opposite end that, so, so that your team can change and stuff like that's a, that's a skill set. Like you have, you're going to have to be able to do that. Like they're never going to implement these changes in college hockey. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't or, so. or, 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 or at the NHL level. It's no, that's it's it's not gonna happen. It's stupid. So the I you know, like I said, force feeding a skill set, having skill to like flip it out or try to make a play when shorthanded is really kind of just like a, a little backwards on some level. And these kids are trying to flip it and they're you know, the puck's getting kept in. So if they're trying to create more offense, I think there's better ways to do it. I don't have the answers right now, but I know that this is more of a negative impact versus uh, a positive skill set development. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, to hear what other people have to say about it too. Um, you know, maybe we'll, some we'll people argue. Going. Yeah, let's we'll get a poll. Going. Let's see if anybody else. Let's let's see if anybody thinks that Mots doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and me, yeah. obviously, because I'm I'm clearly siding with you. Because uh, I, I I I just can't defend it. I'd love to go against you, but I just I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, what else we got here, Mots? So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about a good friend of mine. Um, he was uh, he's like my little brother growing up, and um, he uh, was chatting with me about a situation he's had with his son where he's played since he, you know, could step, you know, when he was walking, he got on skates, and he uh, has put the time in, and, you know, he's an 08, and it's not like, you know, his feet are cold and he's not used to the equipment. And he doesn't want to go to the rank. It, it was, you know, he's put in a lot of time and effort and played on some top teams and um, had some successes and some failures and some camaraderie in the locker room. And um, he's experienced some stuff, you know, that the game can offer. So he's, he's talked to his dad and he said he, he doesn't want to play anymore. And, my buddy's asking me some advice about how he should deal with it. He knows kind of like the right thing to do, but he also wants him to honor commitments. So it's kind of a fine line where how far do you push? And it's a good reminder also to check in with your kid every once in a while because the parents do do so much early on to get the, the player to the rink 
up early, early practices, the commitments that it takes that we, you know, that we've all been a part of. But every once in a while, it might be a good idea to check in and see if they're having fun and happy to be playing. Because this, he thought, um, you know, he's been fading. His passion has been fading for a bit. And he's at this spot where he has to take the next step and have a little bit more, um, you know, self-motivation to, to be better. And he just didn't, didn't see it was there. So I just think it's a good reminder. And, um, you know, it was a little bit of a weight off of his son's shoulders because he felt like everyone else wanted him to play, right. you know, including his dad. You know, his, you know, his grandfather, his, his grandmother and, you know, his aunts and uncles. Like, you know, like it was, it was everyone that he thought, you know, he was trying to please because they wanted him to play versus him really having the internal drive to want to play. No, so. it's a, it's a great point and it's a great message. And I mean, we all know stories of kids. <clears throat> I, I mean, I can think of a few around that same age when I was younger, 12, 13, 14 years old, where that burnout factor just comes in and they're like, I, I, I'm not enjoying this, right? Did he give any reasons as to, was it just like the pressure and just not really passionate about it, didn't love it? Or was it like, you know, they're at that age now, right? 13 years old. I'm no math major. Yeah. 13 turning 14. Is it like, does he like other sports? Is it girls? Is it, you know, no, you know it, what I'm trying to say? Yeah. No, he, just, he had, he was like a stay-at-home defenseman that, you know, was part of a team and he'd be valuable on that team. He was never like a superstar by any means, but if he pushed and played his game, like he was pretty good, you know, to be in that role, even at a younger age, he just was very defensive minded. Um, so there is, you know, some circumstances that, you know, have led him to just kind of maybe not be more uh, motivated, but he loves basketball. He loves, um, you know, playing other sports, loves fishing. But, you know, another thing was something that my buddy was saying, he's like, all right, if you do, don't play. If you decide that you really don't want to. You can't play video games until after the hockey season would be done. So it was a pretty impressive message. And if the kid was really motivated to play video games, he would have got it out playing hockey. You know, so he ended up saying, oh, I'm all right. So it was like this kind of conversation that he had with his son that opened his eyes a little bit to how much he, he was you know, willing to make that decision to not play. So, so he was willing to give up the video games. Yeah. Till, till the end of the season to, 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 to not play hockey, you know? So it was like, right. He just didn't want him to fill his space with. Yeah. Yeah. Games, yeah. With that you know? type of stuff. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, that was the, the original message, but he was surprised at how, you know, adamant he was about, yeah. All right. I'll agree to that. So pretty uh, interesting. I just wanted, you know, for a reminder to parents out there to just check in every once in a while because it does, you can get caught up with a lot of the schedules and, um, you know, the commitment that we talk about. And if your son or daughter is not fully committed and it's coming from you, then it's, it's kind of like the wrong message, the wrong um, unhealthy scenario. So. Right. No, I think that's the, I mean, that's been the message since, you know, with, 33 episodes in here too. And it's, it's always been like, it's got to come from the kids, right? If they don't, if they don't want it, if they're not putting in the the time and the effort away from the rink and doing those little things and they're just not that into it, then it's definitely time for that conversation. And Hey, do you really want to do this? Like I'm paying a lot of money for it. Right. Uh, 
is this something that that you really want to do? Or are you just trying to make me as a parent happy because I grew up playing hockey and your grandfather did, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, no, that's good. It's a good message. Uh, did you happen to – I didn't – I wasn't able to catch any of the the, the games, but um, good battle between Team USA and Canada. Canada uh, took down the gold medal of the world championships. I know we've had a, you know, a couple former um, U.S. world champions on. I know they must have been disappointed, but um, – obviously great hockey that that just took place over the past week yeah i i was able to watch the tail end of that gold medal game and i think it was 2012 the last time canada won um so it's been a little bit and um you know it was a great shot overtime three on three um there were chances at both ends um but uh, does score the no pulling pulling yeah 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 Yeah. she went to bu and yes yeah has has had an unbelievable uh, international career, but she came in and just snapped it. It didn't look like it yeah, it was kind of the Patrick Kane style goal from yeah. the uh, Stanley Cup. But it was such a great shot, and you know, it's just good, really good hockey, especially when those two high level, um, can, you know, when they compete in, at any international stage, and we we're fortunate to have uh, a couple. USA players on, but it's they they play each other so many times, and that that rivalry is is real. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was cool to see uh, Hillary Knight and uh, Brianna Decker. They uh, broke some records, and uh, I think Hillary Knight now has the most goals in World Championship history. She broke Cami Granado's record, and Brianna Decker um, has the most assists. So you know, talk about two girls that have been on, around a long time, and and you know, longevity, and obviously been. Uh, Heck of the hockey players. Yeah, just extremely productive for a long time. And um, it just shows you how skilled these these girls are and, and the, the work that they put in. You know, like we talk about what the work it takes to get to the NHL and or college or whatever. But these girls have, have done so much, you know, on ice, off ice, all the uh, right things to put themselves in a position to have the success. So hats off to, to those two for setting a few records that hopefully will last. Yeah, no, and uh, obviously we talked about kind of the, you know, getting the practices started and, you know, now it's time to have your parent meetings as coaches and and meetings with your players and things like that, kind of setting expectations. Obviously, um, you know, we talked to that uh, about those quite a bit in our earlier episodes. So, you know, if people want to go back and give a lesson, obviously we'll we'll give some, um, you know, some, some pointers along the way, but we don't want to be repeating ourselves too much here. But, you know, our first uh, handful of episodes uh, were just over a year ago at this time. And, and you know, we tried to, um, you know, talk a lot about that stuff. So definitely go back and, and, and give those a listen. Yeah, it's important to get everyone on the same page, parents, uh, players, and, um, you know, just kind of set the, the guidelines that you set out for, uh, you know, throughout the season. And, you know, have some non-negotiable items and, and you know, you, you make it your own. But, you know, if, if you go back and listen, we had some pretty good, uh, you know, pointers for coaches in particular uh, to kind of set some of those guidelines. Oh, BYU, uh, you played in the hold the line game. I did. Yeah, I so, did. So a little, little sore this morning. Yeah, a little sore? Oh, man. So Felt you didn't like just needed- have an active stick? You really tried to pick him up and put him down? <laughs> I tried to. Were you well, chasing dudes down? I, I, yeah, you know what? I had to send a message because the 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 way the game worked, and you know, um, 
Nick Taziopoulos and those guys, they do a great job with this, you know, the Hold the Line Foundation and uh, all the money went to um, the Braintree Police Officer Relief Fund, which obviously those guys were in a tragic um, shooting incident in June of, uh, of this past year where offices uh, Donahue um, and uh, – uh, Donahue, Siebert, and Cushing, and uh, K9 Kit, they, they, you know, all the money is going to them and their families, which was, you know, really, really nice. So, it was, you know, big shout out to the militia program, which I know you're a part of, and and it, they did a really good job with that stuff. And, and you know, they, they brought in some pretty cool, uh, they had the mighty Quinn, and he, uh, he came and dropped the puck, which was awesome. And, um, Brian Scully from Dalton and the Sheriffs. He sang the national anthem. So the the crowd was rocking. They raised a ton of money. It was really cool. But we had some the the pro guys. So that the way the game works is cops play a line and then pros play a line. Cops, pros, etc. The pros they 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 went down early. Like I had to I had to send a message. You know what I mean? I'm like guys, this can't be happening. So I had to step up my game a little bit. And you know I knew that that you wouldn't have been proud of me if I didn't do my pot. You know what I mean? I wanted to just go out and kind of throw sauce and hang around a little bit, but the team needs me to step up. I, I had to do it. You know what I mean? So you're the, like the Swiss army knife. You can defend, you can score, you can do a lot of different things. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of defending going on. <laughs> the best, the best defense, the good offense. I didn't, I, I was, I, I did line up as a defenseman, but okay. right. I was, <laughs> I was so kind of I was playing Rova back. That was like a the uh you know a, a midi in uh lacrosse. Like I kind of just went everywhere. So a lot of pension with no exit strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like going around the net in the offensive zone looking for the points and then realizing I am the I'm supposed to be the the guy there, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean the ultimate four checker. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know he's what? He's not supposed to be there. Yeah, but if you have the puck, right? Like, that's when it's the funnest. So, so I saw a clip of you dancing a little bit. Did Did you have your tap shoes on? Were you Were you dancing out there? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, the I, guy I, the, the guy that I I do kind of went around. <laughs> I think he had like Micron Megas on, so that yeah, that his boots weren't so solid. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we got uh, yeah. I was a little and and I mean, I wasn't. I haven't skated. I think from that like in a hockey game since like that pink Whitney cup. So I was definitely a little bit rusty, little sore. My feet weren't feeling great. I was, you know, Jersey shores. I'm going to try to pop in here. Cause he, with those guys uh, did a great job coming down and getting some videos. And obviously that, you know, that, that kind of give so, me, a, give me a bunch of heat, but <laughs> Hey, it is what it is before the game. <laughs> I like go over and like interview BY. I'm like, how you feeling, Bri? Like, you ready for this game? And he's like, dude, my feet are so sore. My skates are so tight. And he, like, picks up his stick. He's like, my tape, it's horrible. I need new tape. Do you have any tape? I just walked away. I had no tape. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I don't like the the – my knob was messed up. I had a new twig. Uh, my I got game skates, like, that I usually skate in, and then, like, coaching skates. So, it's a different feel. Like, I haven't been in them. Well, the other thing is you're wearing some flip-flops here and there. You know, your feet spread out a little bit, you know, yep. in the summertime. I remember that. That is a real thing. But, um, I mean, it's a long way from the hot. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. 
I just, I think Jersey Shore asked me, he's like, well, what would Mott say to you right now? He's like, he'd probably just tell me to, you know, keep my head down, play my game and just go out there and, 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 and do me, keep it simple. So I, I, you know, you motivated me same way you did a couple of weeks ago on the golf course. I just, you were in my kitchen. I know. Mott, you didn't even need to be there and he was already motivated from you. So it tells you how good it was. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't come on this podcast and be like, oh, my, my feet were killing me. My, you know. Oh, nobody would would expect that from you. No so way. Where'd you go? Two and two? I don't know. Brian Boyle called him the first star of the whole game, MVP of the game. Oh, that's pretty legitimate. Yeah. yeah. But it was a good event. There was a lot of pro guys. There's, oh, my God. Some of those, like uh, Matt Boldy and uh, Hardman. Hardman and the kid, uh, the, the kid from BC that, that, oh, man, played in Colorado. I can't think of his name right there. New He's, Hogan. New hook is filthy. Uh, and then, like, you know, Connor Garland, um, there was, you know, Zach Sanford, Brian Boyle, Ryan Shea. Uh, there was, it was, it, that was, that was probably the best part was just being able to, to watch those guys. Um, you know, Ryan Donato, different guys like that was, was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I was able to play in a few years. Uh, I think I had just stopped playing. Um, I was just getting going and, you know, could keep up enough and then uh you know as the years kept progressing i'm like yeah i need to play against the cops yeah you know i, I need to get sent down to the next line yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know exactly. that's how it works mots i know yeah. we'll get you an honorary badge yeah we'll get you an honorary badge let me tell like, you though jack, yeah but jack rathbone i had to give him a little pump up speech like he's still a young guy you know what i mean i'm like dude you dash too early. Like, yeah. it, you know, now it's just time to keep it simple and let's not go dash four. Connor right. Garland is so filthy. He was so filthy out there. The way that he moved with the puck in the offensive zone and all the sauce he was tossing and board play and everything. It was something fun to watch. But, yeah. hey, I mean, you were fun to watch too, BY. Yeah, so he, he was second star. Yeah. Yeah, Connor is like one of the guys that I really enjoyed kind of skating with it was like a pickup hour but he loves the game his skill set is loves it loves the game and i love seeing that you know he, he i know he was like you know in phoenix and texting the boys about you know this summer league that he plays in you know like he's yeah. i think there's like a draft and stuff but uh yeah playing with him i remember being like this kid's really good and he hadn't got uh maybe he was just coming out of junior or something like that but was really trying to advocate uh, for him actually to get traded to Chicago. I was talking to Chicago. I mean, like this kid has a high-end skill set that, you know, and he just needs a little time to kind of ramp up and get an opportunity. And he's taken advantage of his opportunity his first year out um, in, was it Tucson, I think he was at? Is that where their yeah. like their yeah. team is? Yeah, just kind of had a, a tough transition, but then really got going and, and just so great to see a kid like that who, who – does really care to, you know, get better every time he steps on the ice and have fun doing it, um, you know, have some success. Yeah, no, we got uh, definitely some future guests lined up. Uh, those guys, hopefully they can come off. I'd love to um, talk to Garland too. He's just a, you know, great story and 
nice seeing him sign a nice ticket in Vancouver this summer too. So he must be pumped up for that and being in a bigger, bigger hockey market in uh, across the border. That's for sure. Did were you, you uh, handing out ring shrink cards? Did you, did, did you have those cards made up? Being like, Hey, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, they were asking for my autograph and all that stuff, you know. Oh, that's pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, no. And I was actually, you know what, that draft league, that it's like a three-on-three three they play in the small rink. Yeah. I told Taz, I'm like, dude, that was like my tryout. I, I want in on that next year. I think right. you, you, your hip should be good. I think me and you would be staples. Well, at the very least, we'll be able to. Be well, we could level the playing field with not getting up and down the ice. Right, and but that's small. You know what I mean? It's yeah, small. Right. Yeah, it's a small sheet. Yeah, just a little. Uh, oh, and then well, baby, baby sauce, just baby yeah. sauce everywhere. Baby sauce. Open up the blade. Little deception. Like that's that's my speed, and and we'll bring the coolest. Done. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're, we're in. We just signed ourselves. Yeah, we just signed ourselves. So this is this is our own. Yeah, we just we just put ourselves in the league. So hopefully they uh, somebody's listening out there. Uh, did you? Speaking of uh, not being cops, did you get a chance to watch this Danbury Trashes documentary on Netflix? I know you had a couple buddies that played there, as as did I. But um, pretty interesting watch. I watched it last night. Untold. It's called. Uh, Untold crime and penalties with from the Danbury Trashes days. I remember when this was going on. I was, I was just getting out of school. So yeah, I uh, I'm about halfway through it, and it's like it's pretty good in my opinion. Um, just how it all kind of came together, and because from the outside looking in, you're like, oh my god, this is just a like show, like a whatever. It's nonsense, but. You know the kid. I didn't realize the kid's story though. Too, you know, like he got hurt and couldn't play, and then the dad kind of figured out a way to kind of keep him in the game, which was interesting. But yeah, it was nonsense. So I played with a bunch of guys that played there, and um, for and that was the old rules though too when they got going. Oh where, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where intimidation and fighting was was a bigger part of the game, and um, I know some guys just kind of went there just to kind of hang on and play and whatnot, but make cash a couple un- extra bucks. Yeah. Cash under the table. And, uh, you know, they, they wanted nonsense. So a lot of the fighters that I played with went there and, and just loved it because they got let out of their cages. <laughs> it was WWE. Like the kid, yeah. he brought WWE to hockey. Every game was like a, a, a wrestling event. It really, it's, it's it, amazing. The Mighty Ducks. He emerged. Yeah. He merged them both together. <laughs> So that's uh, it was yeah. unbelievable. And I love, did you see the beginning with his, his like 12 year old birthday party? He had all those WWF guys there. Triple H, the rock was there. Sable was there. Yeah. China. Yeah. It, like unbelievable. And then John <laughs> Cena dropping the puck. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable. Just, just a comedy show. But so what we should get uh, a couple guys that we know um, maybe for next week on the mailbag. Yeah, we'll get the mailbag going, and we'll uh, we'll we'll put it out on Instagram. We'll talk to. Uh, I can reach out to to. I know Donnie Grover was down there. Who's my age? He was on our our eighty three Kings team. He was there, obviously. Yeah, Heimo, yeah, Blake Belfay, uh, yeah, Dave McIsaac. Yeah, all, all good, good good guys would be able to give us a little insight. So it'll be good. Yeah, a little insight would be uh, would be great. But I'd like to talk to you about Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, having a quick chat with our friend Chris Devin 
and see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their month, monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save on that monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects. Like I told you about my deck that I got going, we actually were able to sit out there and Beautiful. have a one and, and soak in the scenery. Um, check him out at chrisdevin.com and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some money. Cross Country Mortgage LLC, NMLS number 47305. And a, a good segue, you know, with the mortgages, you need a mortgage when you're buying a house. When you're buying a house, Lee and Heffernan Group with Compass Real Estate, Jameson and John, you know, they're both hockey guys. They're both golfers. They're great guys. And what we said before, you know, they're trusted. They're trusted guys that, you know, if you want to, you know, want to poke around the market, right, reach out to, uh, to, to Lee and Heffernan Group at Compass Real Estate. You know, they uh, they have some other guys on the team, uh, Ryan Ahern and Austin Malley, uh, who have been great additions. So they have a nice team in place. Um, you get incredible service with their personal touch, partnered with the fastest growing tech company in, uh, in tech and real estate. So great guys. Make sure you uh, definitely check them out at leeandheffernangroup.com and on Instagram at Group. So obviously those guys are great guys, hockey guys, golf guys, and uh, they do a great job. So yeah, if you're interested in buying a home before you refinance it, right? Talk to yeah. those guys. Yeah, no, good, great guys, and they'll, they'll point you in the right direction, get you uh, all set up on the with the real estate anywhere. So sure, in particular. Uh, what do you say, Mots? I think it's time we we turn this thing over to Zach Parisi. Obviously, we had a a great chat with him, um, you know, about his work ethic and his path and everything that. Um, you know, he did to, to get in the league and obviously his, uh, you know, he's, he's still playing. He's still, um, I think it just came out and that, you know, the, the league finally registered it and they're going to be, he's going to be playing on the Island next year for his reunited with his boy Lou. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's an exceptional player, uh, you know, later on in his career now, but still getting it done. You know, and just an even better person. Like that said a lot about some guys, but this guy, he's he's aces, and he was a wonderful teammate, and he's a great friend. And I uh, hope you enjoy the uh, the interview. All right, we are pleased to be joined by Zach Parisi. Zach was drafted seventeenth overall by the New Jersey Devils in the two thousand three entry draft. He has played in one thousand sixty NHL games with New Jersey and Minnesota, and has recently just signed with the New York Islanders. Welcome to the Ring Shrinks podcast, my good friend, Zach Parisi. Thanks for having me on, guys. Finally, finally, we, we made it work. Yeah, T- tough to, you know, navigate the schedules, you know, but we, we uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Zach, we're psyched to have you. Obviously, uh, we've all been following your career. I, th- I think you and I entered college the same age. Uh, I'm sorry, the same year. I, I You were an 84 birth year. I'm an 83. I did that PG first grade. Uh, so, you know, I was a little, little ahead of you, but the, uh, yeah. it was, it was fun watching you at North Dakota and having such a great career and obviously, uh, onto the, you know, New Jersey and Minnesota. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have you on. That's for sure. You know, let's talk about kind of how you fell in love with the game. Obviously you had, you know, the influence of your father being a professional, but talk to us how, how, how things got started. Um, got started. Um, I think it was, I think it was in the blood almost. I mean, Growing up, um, we had all the pictures around the house um, of my dad when he, from from him playing, and 
Um, I think, I think, I mean, he let us do everything. We, we played a little bit of everything, baseball, golf, um, soccer, um, we, we, tennis, we did it, we did everything, but it always felt like hockey became, came more natural. Um, and, and I just, I just loved playing it. I we played it all the time. Um, and, and, and stuck with it. Just always, you know, found us playing outside in the winter, um, on the pond that we had or playing street hockey in the summer. Um, so it was, uh, I loved it from, from a young age and, and, and fortunately it worked out to make it a career, but, um, in, in Minnesota, I feel like, and probably similar in Massachusetts is that's what, that's what we do growing up here. We, we play hockey in the winter, um, play street hockey in the summer and, uh, and, and life is pretty good. Uh, now, did you ever have any like, um, footage of your dad that you watched growing up? I had, um, the old VHS. I had seen a few. I had the eight pack of the uh, um, the seventy two series when he played for Team Canada. Oh, nice. Um, so I had that. I'd seen. I'd seen that. Um, so there's, there's. If you do some digging, there's still some some footage out there of him playing in the sixties and seventies, and uh, it's tough to come across though. But I, I had seen him play. Unfortunately, I never saw him play live. Um, we weren't born at that time, but uh, I've seen him on video. That '72 Summit Series, the fake slash at the at the referee was pretty <laughs> epic. I think if that was today, he'd probably it'd be definitely getting at least a, a year suspension, right? At least he made the joke. I remember him saying, "If, if uh, he'd followed through, he'd be spending the rest of his life in Siberia at that point." But yeah, <laughs> we had we had a great picture of him um, in a, in our old house of just the last second, you know, when he stopped. Um, and the, you know, the ref is protecting himself. And so <laughs> it was, uh, it, I mean, it, it was, it's such a cool picture and a cool story. And, um, but you know, he never says that the only thing he said he regretted about that was just not being able to be on the ice, you know, in his gear with the team after they've won. Um, but he never, you know, I, I don't, you know, we'll never understand, I think that series, you know, from, mm. from that time, uh, we'll never understand that, but, um, I think with all the emotion that was going on, he never said that he regretted doing it. So, um, was there any more to the backstory? Like the ref say anything to him or was he just that upset that, that he was getting, uh, you know, so they were, they were, um, they were getting screwed pretty good on, on the power play. So what happened was there was supposed to be, and I, I'll never know the name. I don't know the name, but there's supposed to be these two refs that were supposed to ref game eight. And, you know, conveniently, they weren't there. They brought in two, I believe, two Russian refs um, to ref to ref the game eight. And, you know, it was it was just a parade of Canadians going to the box, going to the box. And then finally, he ended up getting the penalty, um, which, I mean, if you see the replay, it was a penalty. You know, he claims it wasn't. He said, in today's day, it was like a major almost. But it, was a, it was a kneeing major. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> But he, you know, in the seventies, that was clean, I guess. Um, yeah. So he, he maybe a trip, maybe, yeah. So he was all worked up and 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 you know had some had some heated exchanges with the ref and and that was it. You see him go in the box, out of the box, in out. You know, so <laughs> it's pretty comical. Well, growing up, um, having him as an influence and and as a coach, you know, because we we both coach our sons, and um, you know. We got questions a lot, you know, from our listeners. And was it difficult to be coached by your father? 
it was at times. I mean, you've got that father-son dynamic, and so you think you can talk to him differently than you know than you can talk to a coach. Um, but he always he always played it fair. Um, you know, knowing I guess knowing the implications and knowing other parents are watching. Um, but you know, sometimes I'd lip jack him behind the bench, and and I remember him saying to me, he goes. Zach, if you want to come back and coach, you can stand back here, but you're not going to play. And then I was, you know, you're kind of like, all right, well, I guess I want to play. You know what I mean? So that was, that was his response to basically say, shut up and play the game. Um, But you know, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, I I think, um, I mean, you can relate to this Mots where you, you, he can teach me things about the game. He could teach me things about the game growing up that, um, that someone else's dad that didn't, play could could teach you know i mean you have that little advantage of of what it takes and and little tricks on the ice that that can that can go a long way yeah i mean my my dad didn't play so you know i'm just dealing with it with ryan now and definitely a different dynamic at times and like i i do try to play it fair but it's very difficult for him to you know kind of separate dad from coach because it's you know it's just unnatural i guess but you know, we, we try to do the best we can. <laughs> you, you try, you try to do the best and, and, um, it's, you know, it makes it fun, but there's, there's always that thing in the back of your mind of, 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 you know, I don't want to look, make it look like I'm playing favorites here. You know, you want to, you want to keep everything even with the kids, but the, honestly, there's nothing better than, than being able to coach your kid out there on the ice and in, in, in youth hockey right now. It's so much fun. And you must have been a little afraid of that temper, knowing some of the things in his past, right? I I'd seen a temper for a lot, <laughs> so, uh, I was I was intimidated by it. Yeah. What was the age? I I know you know obviously as, as a um you know when you were young, your father was coaching with the the North Stars till you were probably about four or so, and then he moved on to Shattuck St. Mary's. Did he coach you kind of all the way through, or was it just? Um, you know, in your youth career and things like that. So he would, he would coach, he coached me in mites and squirts here. And, and, and I don't know the rules everywhere else, but it was, it was bizarre here that they wouldn't let a, um, they wouldn't let a parent coach an A team. So <clears throat> we'd be playing squirt A's or PBA's and they wouldn't allow him to coach. And which was weird. He was literally, you know, last week coaching the North stars and, but you can't coach Bloomington squirt A's here, you know? So, um, but when we went down to Shattuck, uh, he coached me for my first three years of Bantams. And then um, he just ran the whole program and coached the Bantams. So once I moved on from there, he was he uh, I didn't have him anymore, but he just ran oversaw the, the rest of the program. Yeah, that's a good program that they have going out there. And did he really help develop and kind of grow it? Yeah, the, um, he got handed a good thing um, when he stepped in there. And, and I think he did a really good job of expanding it and, and really bringing in some top end talent. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of turned into a, a hockey factory down there, but, um, you know, he had a big hand in that and, and, and they've had good coaches for a long time. Um, and they, you know, they've been doing, they've been doing a really good job. And I, I think that they're even now, I mean, they're still, they're still a powerhouse. And as far as, um, your decision to stay at Shattuck St. Mary versus going to major junior or the, the uh, NTDP uh, development program. So could you just walk us through kind of like during that time frame, like some of your decision-making and, and why you decided to stay? So after my, after my sophomore year, um, 
So we, we, I went to the, the tryout and made the team and, and actually committed to going there. Um, so I was going to go there for my junior and senior year. And then August, I think it was like July, August rolled around. I got cold feet and I bailed. And I, ended up, I thought Mike Eves was going to reach through the, phone, through the phone and strangle me. But I, I ended up just wanting to stay. I had a good setup here. You know what I mean? Like I had a, a great coach um, at Shattuck. Uh, and we, had, we were going to have a really good team. Um, and I was going to play with good players. And, and I wasn't. You know, I knew it would have been great there too, but I, I was just comfortable where I was. And, and it was probably good for me too um, because in my mind I was sitting there thinking, you know, these guys in the program are doing this. You know, they're, 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 they're doing X, Y, and Z. So I better be doing all this back home to, you know, to stay even. I better be shooting pucks off. I better be getting extra ice. And so it probably worked out, you know, even better. And then, and then I got invited back again, again to go for the, the next year for the under eighteen team, and still just wanted to stay where I was. And and luckily they let me play in the international tournament, so I got kind of the best of both worlds. Played in the, in the four nations, then played in the world championships with them, and so it it worked out really well for me there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great! I just want to take it back to your your youth career, and we have a lot of parents and and uh, kids and coaches that listen to this, but. You know, as a as a young boy, do you remember like were you kind of uh, always an A player? Like, did you dominate, or was it something that you really, you know, hockey was obviously it was clearly in the in the bloodlines, but um, was it something that you really had to work for? It was. I got um, I got cut from squirts, so I didn't I didn't make the squirt A team my first year, um, and but from then on, I was on the A teams, um, but. You know, I'd always, I think it was in, in the blood, the work ethic um, was, was, was almost genetic for me. I think, um, you know, I, I remember my dad always saying, you know, you know, he, he was, he would tell me like, I had to go out and early, go out early, shoot pox, um, stay on late, work on different things just to stay in the NHL. I was like, I wasn't that good, but I had to do this every day to make sure I stayed there. And so I think I inherited kind of a lot of that um and and heard when he was telling me that stuff and and so i was always making sure that i was doing a little extra um off the ice on the ice getting getting extra time and um and not because i not because or young because i was determined to make the nhl just because i loved doing it really i just i just enjoyed being out there um and that's that's what i wanted to do yeah, we had. I mean, developed the shot club. Shot club. Yeah, yeah. I I was invited a few times, you know, like you know, with my pizza paddle. I was gonna say we didn't allow those kind of curves in, but we let you in. Yeah. <laughs> we let you in the door once in a while. <laughs> yeah, get out early on the good ice, and and yep. actually, I do some of those drills with forwards around the net, you know, like backhand to forehand. You know, you guys would pass from behind the net. Just like with little Mott, things that Mott's was the passer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get the, the nasty heel curve, you can just sit there and pass to us. Yeah, you remember that thing? I always try. try, try Do talk I remember it? it? I'm on the ice with them once a week, and I see it. it? Oh, my oh God. it's disturbing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach and I, like, you know, he he'd be, you know, lighting the lamp and you know, in, in games and stuff, and we'd switch sticks before practice, and he's like, "Oh my God, this is like he just." 
it felt like a righty to him. So he gets his own stick back, and he he was like, "All right, this is a real hockey stick. I can, yep. I can, I can play." Yeah, morning skate, I would grab Monza sticks and take a couple of shots. Like, oh my god, horrible! <laughs> I grab my my S seventeen back. This, yeah, oh, yeah, so nice now. You know? It's like going back to an old old Sherwood wooden stick or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so anything I could do to help uh, Zach, you know, find the back of the net. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's the type know. of guy you are, Moss. Yeah. Yeah, Glue great. guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we worked on our retrievable dumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the high flips. Yeah, no, it's it's legitimate. It's a skill skill that uh, <laughs> that you need. And, Zach, you actually do that a lot, the self-chip, you know, with the new rules and all that. And you're coming up on a, a D with a good gap, and it's just kind of like a – I like the self chip, but you know what? It's gotten a lot harder because now I think the D are so mobile. Yeah. Um, and and now that weak side D comes across and retrieves it and wheels the net and you're you're screwed. You can't do anything. It's yeah. It's a lost art. I don't think it's gonna come back either. <laughs> it's not coming back. They're, they're so mobile, you know what I mean? Like you just can't you yeah. get rid of it and they, they're gone. They wheel the net. It's like a turnover. It is. It is basically a turnover. Now, when you were at Shattuck, was that, um, I, you know, I did a couple of years at prep school and I, one of the things I really enjoyed about it was like playing other sports. I played tennis and baseball and, and things like that. Was that something that was kind of required of you guys or was it just strictly focused on hockey? It was, um, uh, hockey was the fall and winter semesters and then spring. Um, you, they, you basically, you had to do something, you know what I mean? And, um, so I played for a long time. I played golf, played just recreational tennis, um, but played on the golf team for a while. Um, Titleist driver. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the phantom Titleist driver. <laughs> so I'll just tell you real quick. Like I bought some like clubs on eBay, and I'm like, dude, I got this awesome Titleist driver. And so we went up to the driving range after practice one time. And what was it? it was, I think it was like a Callaway. Yeah, or, it was. It was. I was all the, the old like, burn a bubble. Let's go. Let's go play. Uh, You're like, yeah, I want to hit that thing. Here, let's go. Yo, let's go play. And and then you pull out and this isn't a Titleist. What do you oh, think? Yeah. Oh, I always forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all pumped up. You know, I'm like Zach. Yeah, give this thing a go. Things awesome. He shows up with the putter from uh, Happy Gilmore, the long, the long paddle. I was so disappointed. Yeah, you were. You're you're visibly upset. I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you know, to answer your question, so yeah, we they they always made us do uh, do a, do another sport, and then by my I think my sophomore and junior year, um, we they could you could start doing weightlifting. You know that that was considered a sport, and uh, but our our prep coach tom ward he always discouraged us he wanted us to do something else he's like he, i don't want to see any of you guys doing weightlifting i want you guys and he goes if you what do you say if you guys if i see anyone doing weightlifting i better see something he said something along the lines, i better see your hand engraved in the bucket of pucks so you better be dragging that thing across there and shooting pucks every day outside in the tennis court i mean that's how um you know he, he'd reference you better look like Darby Henderson pulling sleds out on the track all the, you know what I mean? But he, he wanted us to play golf and he wanted us to play baseball and, 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 and not be, not be just married to, to hockey and, 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 and weightlifting. And so, um, he was good about that. Yeah. We always talk about those, you know, transferable skills from other sports and, and, you know, how important they are and whether it's golf or baseball or lacrosse and, you know, and unfortunately, 
you know, we see a lot of is kids specializing early and, and it's, you know, Tom, it's Tom Ward, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, he's a a legendary coach and and there it is like it, you know, the perfect example of, you know, just using other muscles and playing other sports and not just getting caught in that, you know, that cycle of hockey, 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 weightlifting and things like that. And we, you know, we fail Mots and I that it's, it's just so important. It's, and it's, it's a hard one too. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think that all these, all these, let's, let's, let's be better athletes right now at our age. Let's, let's just be a better athlete. And, you know, I mean, I see it now where, where, you know, kids are on four different hockey teams in the summer and, and we come to play our, our game and this is their fourth game of the day. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's, we got, you know, A, you're probably going to get burnt out at a young age, but B, like, let's, let's be kids and let's, let's play ball. Let's, let's do other stuff. And, you know, and if you're going to make it, you'll make it, you know, whether you play on six teams when you're seven years old, I don't think that's going to make a difference. It's let's, let's be a better athlete and, and go from there. That's great. Um, is there any truth to the fact that you almost hung up the golf clubs after getting some unsolicited golf advice from some bender out in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I, thought remember, I yep. was a good, I thought I was a good golfer. And then I was watching this guy and I'm like, God, this guy sucks. And then all of a sudden he's giving me golf advice by the 17th <laughs> hole. I'm like, that's, 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 it. I, that's <laughs> it. But I'm back. No, I'm yeah. not playing. Oh, good. Dude. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Who was that that, that gave you the advice? Just some bender. So yeah, it was an old. It was a, it was a kid's dad from Shattuck. He belonged to a great course down in Chicago, and great guy and, and everything. But he wasn't a great golfer, and and like I said, all of a sudden he's giving me advice. Gosh, like maybe I suck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I took a I took a hiatus for about six years. I I hung him up, and and but I'm working on him, getting back into it now. Playing quite a bit now. Yeah, that's uh. I got some new clubs, so I'm I'm pumped. I'm t- trying to take that next step, you know. Yeah, Mott's finally has a matching set. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, been that's a, a big big step. big step for him. And he got step. cleats this year too. So really, yeah, yeah, he's really <laughs> that's official. Really stepping up this game. Yep, yep, that's official. Yeah. No, I was I I don't think you were there, but I um, the, I was playing with um, it was my rookie year. We were down in Arizona, and I was playing. I had played with Jamie Langerbrenner before. He was a great golfer mm-hmm. and, um, and played really well with him. And so he's, he said, he's like, hey, you want to go play with me, Marty, and, uh, and John Madden? You mean, me and you against those two? I'm like, sure. You know? and, and I'm horrified. That, you know what I mean? Horrified to just to even speak in the locker room, let alone play golf against these guys. But I went and played horrible. Um, and, and it was in Arizona, and we were teeing off, and I – hammered one right into off the tee right into a cactus you know and just like right in front of us it's not even in play and i hit right in the cactus and that that point too i was like i i can't psychologically i can't i can't do this i can't i was so ashamed and embarrassed playing with those guys and that that kind of pushed me towards retirement too (laughs) just a little hiatus though but you're back right yeah but i'm back i'm back now and we'll have to get get out on the course at some point yep Definitely. Uh, the uh, talk to us about your, you know, obviously you had a great career at 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 Shattuck and um, you know, and then you made the jump to North Dakota. Why, you know, why did you make that decision? Um, was there other schools in the mix? Major, junior? What what was the the process like? I, I ruled out major, junior. Um, 
just for no, I just always wanted to go to college. Um, so when I, when it came down to it, I was either going to, I was going to Minnesota, North Dakota, um, Boston college, Boston university and Michigan. Those are the five schools, um, that I, uh, that I had interest in. And so I went to North Dakota, North Dakota was my first visit and they had just opened up the rink and, um, brand new, great facility. And, and I, they brought me in for the first game they were playing against the Gophers. So all all the the alumni were in and fireworks and everything. Like it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. And so they ended up losing the game to, uh, and I had four visits set up after this. So they ended up losing the game to Minnesota seven, five, I think it was. And Dean blaze at the time has me in his office and after the game and says, well, how, how was the visit? And I said, it's great. You know what I mean? Like place is awesome. Like team team's going to be good. And, and he says, so do you think you could see yourself playing for North Dakota? And I was like, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be awesome. It sounds, sounds pretty cool. So he stands up, shakes my hand and says, congratulations. Welcome to the team. And I'm like no I'm 16 at the time. And I'm like, <laughs> what you know what i mean and then he shakes my hand leaves the room goes and grabs all assistant coaches some alumni they come in start and shake my hand congratulations welcome to the team welcome to the team and i was like all right i guess i'm you know i, I guess i'm going here and that was it and i canceled my other visits and, and that that was they got that, me yeah <laughs> they got wow me. the hard sell yeah. like i, I dean, mean dean blaze yeah he made the decision for you that yeah, was for me and, and, and you know what? And it was, it was, I'm, I'm happy about it. It was great. Um, I, it, it was, I, I loved it because it was, um, you know, I, I, I had my coach from Shattuck and, and even Herb Brooks was like the guy, these guys were, you know, telling me North Dakota is the place to go. And so um, it really wasn't any hesitation in my mind from, from that decision with how it went down. But um, it was, uh, I thought it was a really good place to go um, to to prepare to prepare me for the next step, and that's that's really what it came down to. Is, is I at that point I wanted to make it to the NHL, and I felt that was going to be the best spot for me to go. I heard Mots was lined up for your. Uh, he was going to be a tour guide at BC too. It would have been that would have put a real damper on things if he got you out there. Well, we used to, I didn't know you were still there at the time. Yeah. Like, oh, he, he he he. Did weekends? Yeah, I just I just creeped around the mods. Yeah, he was he was this guy. Yeah, he was one of the old guys just hanging around. Oh, I thought this guy graduated like ten years ago. No, he's, he's still hanging around playing wiffle ball. Uh, so good. Yeah. So we uh, yeah, hundred sixteen points in two years isn't too bad, you know for. For putting up numbers, right? And uh, no, yeah, I, think, I think Dean Blaze made the right decision. He did make yeah. a good decision for me. Yeah, yeah, it was a good call. Good job, Dino. Was 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 um was Chappie the strength and conditioning coach there when when you were? I, I I think he was at UNH at the time when my freshman year was his first year there. But I know he came from North Dakota. Do you remember that animal? He, when uh, I visited, he was there. And then when I went there, he had just left for, for New Hampshire. Yeah. So yeah. I that's what I thought. Yeah. He was, he was a treat up at uh, UNH. He had like the football background and oh, yeah. he would, he would be on the bench just like headbutting the glass after a, a, you know, a goal and things like just a lunatic. Just, yep. it was so, so different compared to like a normal hockey kind of bench. 
you know, but did he, he was, he, he was great. The, he, he was a motivator. That's for sure. Did he bring the Ironman testing out to you guys? Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was, I was, was something else. Yeah. I was at the bottom of the barrel of that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing in my, in my book. Yeah. We got him. We, we, so the hockey's playoffs, Mots, remember, um, right like behind the Boston Garden, the Cambridge Boston line was the, the Boston Harbor. And remember the hockey's awards banquet used to be at the Royal Sinesta? Yeah. Yeah. So we dared him. It was the middle of March to like everybody chipped in like five bucks at the time on the team to jump in the middle of the Charles. It was like frozen and swim across, right? Or like not, not swim across, but like swim in the water. He like this lunatic jumps in the water and takes it like he I don't know how he didn't get like hypothermia. It was insane. This guy was a nut, complete nut. It's, um, you know, a quick 75 bucks, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, he didn't get a pay raise when he left North Dakota and went to UNH. (laughs) Oh, that's uh, yeah, it was funny. So, Zach, you played on 03 and 04 uh, World Junior Championships, winning the gold medal, um, MVP and captain of that team. Can you just tell us about that experience? I remember where I was when I was watching it. I was, you know, I was in, playing for Cincinnati, and we there was a bunch of um, you know, Canadian guys really you know, yucking it up. And Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a, a good win for uh, USA. That was that. That was great. It was it was a lot of the same guys that we had won the under 18s with a couple of years prior to that. So, um, you know, we knew that we, we knew we we matched up pretty well against against all the other countries at the time. Um, but um, we we cruised through the tournament pretty good. Um, I think we beat Russia in the in the in the in the preliminaries and then ended up getting a bye in Finland in the semis and ended up playing Canada in the final and um, didn't play a great game um, down three to one going into the third. And then, and then um, <clears throat> we got one to make it three, two, got another one to make it three, three. And then O'Sullivan gets that fluky. I'm sure everyone remembers it. Flurry shot it off uh, Braden Coburn. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, just like that, we're at four to three, I think with like five minutes left in the game. And, um, but, but it was, I mean, that was so cool um, to, to win that thing and beat the Canadians in the finals. And um, I think if I remember right, that was, that was the first gold for the U S two in world juniors. And so um, it was, it was special. We had a good team and a really good coach. And um, that, that was awesome. That was, that was a, a, a great, great experience. You're just lucky Mike Eves didn't blackball you after not going to the NTDP. I know. Fortunately, that I know. Unfortunately, he let me play. You know, the under 18s, and and I did well there. So it was, it was, I earned my way onto the team. But he easily could have, easily could have <laughs> left me off that squad. I know. I think your talent spoke for itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of other, you know, uh, were, there, were there any other coaching kind of influences through, you know, throughout your your younger years before you got to the to the pros that really made an impact? Obviously, you know, we we talked quite a bit about your dad, and obviously. We know the story there, but any any other guys that you know just really made an impact on you and and you know what you've become today that you know that you've kind of taken on for the rest of your career. The biggest one for sure would be the guy we've talked about, Tom Ward at Shattuck. Um, outstanding coach, but um, you know I've gotten to be really good friends with him over the years. But um, playing for him, um, 
I mean, a great motivator, but you know, he, uh, it was a lot of life lessons, which I mean, looking back on the time when you're 15, 16, I think that's probably the most important thing is, is, is the life lessons that he was teaching us and, um, you know, about being good people off the ice and, and, you know, at the end of the day, like around the school, no one cares about what you're doing on the ice. Like you got to be a good, a good, a good citizen on campus and a, and a good person. And, um, and then, you know, just the coaching was, coaching was unbelievable. He was just an all around, you know, a mentor for all the kids that have gone through um, that school. And he had that, he's got that intimidation factor that, that, you know, when you're around him, like, you're making sure your shirt's tucked in, you know, your hat's off, you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're squared away. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he, you know, he holds everyone in line, still does holds everyone down in line, in line down at that place. And he does an awesome job. That's great. Yeah. Those are very important, uh, influences, you know, throughout, you know, you can look back now from, you know, even for me to like my high school coach played a big role in my development as well. And, you know, it's, as Brian and I coach, we, we would like to have that type of impact on some of these kids. But it's uh, just it's really nice that you can have that relationship and and looking back on, on how much he's done for you. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like I said, it's just the, the stuff that they teach you off the ice. Most importantly, um, he was um, just a, a great, a great leader. Talk, talk to us a lot about being leaders and, and, and good people. And um, that was uh really lucky to play for him for three years. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, one of the big reasons why I stayed there and didn't go to the program just because of how good of a coach he was. This interview is brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey. If it's back to school time, then it's back to hockey time. Visit franklinsports.com for NHL licensed street hockey sticks, nets, balls, and now brand new ice hockey gear. Enter code BLUELINE, one word, for 20% off street hockey, mini hockey, and ice hockey gear through the end of September 2021. Franklin Sports is the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Visit franklinsports.com and join the fam today. That's a new code alert. New code alert, blue line, no longer ring shrinks, yep. Blue line, one word. Obviously, these guys, they got some great, um, they got some street hockey pucks, they got some pop-up nets and sticks and uh, shooting tiles, different things like that. So take advantage through the end of 2021 by using the code blue line, one word. All right, Mots, I want to talk to you about Skitscott. Scott's, Skitscott is the new video-based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skitscott's feature-rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. Skitscott is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. You can even showcase that new Franklin swag you're using on your Skitscott videos, right? Yeah, skiddy it up. Pop on some Franklin gear and get her done. Yeah, or your new, you know, TSR wheels you might buy up at the, you know, now that it's hockey season, or your new swag that you got with your new team, right? Throw That's it right. up there on Skiddy. Skiddy it up. So we talked about, you know, representing your country and winning the World uh, Junior Championships, but 
you know, talk to us a little bit uh, before we get into your NHL and professional career, but also the, you know, playing in the Olympics. I know we're jumping around from year to year here, but obviously in 2010, you guys, you know, had such an, you know, it was, I think everybody remembers that in Vancouver and, you know, your game tying goal in the third period and obviously ultimately, you know, winning the silver medal. But, you know, talk about that experience. That was, um, that was probably, I mean, I think that was the best hockey experience I've ever had playing in the Olympics. Um, I think a lot had to do with where, you know, bit being in Canada too and, and hockey, their sport and, um, but um man it was it was so cool and 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 you know the round robin when we you know we stayed in the village and then our families stayed in the hotel right off the main strip i can't remember the name of the strip um but they shut it down like no cars were allowed there it was just it was just walking and every night it was horns and you know what i mean air horns people screaming chanting canada whatever and the night we beat them in the round robin, I mean, it, you could hear a pin drop out there. It was so silent and it was so awesome. <laughs> just going to the hotel and it's just people in shock that we that we beat them, you know. And the, these guys aren't supposed to lose. And um, so, you know, I know I know it didn't it didn't end up it didn't last long, but um, beating them that game and then and then finally all of a sudden we, you know, I thought we were going to have a really tough game against Finland um, in the semifinals and. And somehow all of a sudden we're up six, nothing after the first against those guys. And, and, but even then, as weird as it sounds, you didn't, you never felt comfortable, even though you had six, nothing lead and we had Ryan Miller and net and we had a great team, you know, not until halfway through the third were, were we thinking, okay, now we can take a breath here. You know what I mean? We're, we're good. You know what I mean? It was, it was that that's just the kind of anxiety that you had. And then, and then, I mean, I've then going to that, that gold medal game. Like I've never, I just think that, that compilation of players that were on the ice um, at the time and the speed of that game. Um, and I think just the importance of every play um, we've all played in big games before, but the, just the importance of every play in that game, the pace, the intensity, the crowd, just knowing what was on the line. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'll ever play in a game like that again. I mean, that was, that was so so awesome um, to be a part of that thing. Yeah, we were playing uh, San Jose coming out of the break, so we were out in San Jose in yeah. the Northern California bar watching that uh, that game, and like a lot of Canadians come down to uh, Stanford, and you know, right now, so it was a, a, a pro Canadian squad in there for for cheering. <laughs> and I remember when you scored the tying goal. I ended up giving double kickstands to this kid. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, what's up? Uh, so, but that was so awesome. Like that was like the, the best, you know, feeling to have you score a goal and, and, you know, lippers out there with you and you guys were representing not only like the devils, but like our country and, you know, we're all good friends. And that was, it was just like a proud moment, you know, to be, to be a fan, you know, that was, yeah, that was a cool, it was cool. It was cool. And, and just, at the time, um, you know, putting that thing into overtime and then going in the locker room and you're thinking, holy, you know what I mean? Like, we get one goal, we win the gold medal. I mean, just to be that close and just to have that, that, you know, quick 15 minutes of, of, of locker room time, just those thoughts going through your mind of, of what could potentially happen was, was pretty surreal. And, um, 
you know, and we had, a, I think we had one or two good chances to, uh, to win it. And, you know, unfortunately Sid ended up scoring, but, um, it was, you know, it was, it what was cool about it too, is I think when we came home, I mean, you, when you're in such a bubble when you're there, um, and everything is, you know, you're, you're force fed Canada, everything is Canada, Canada, Canada. And we, I guess we didn't really know, um, the impact and, and I guess the attention that it was getting back home. Um, we, we had seen, and this is, you know, this is well before, I think at least, I don't even know, well before social media and all that stuff. So you, you, you didn't see really anything. Um, but when you get home, you saw, you saw some videos of, of packed bars all watching the game and, and things like that. And that was really cool to see. And we didn't know all that attention that, that it was getting while we were up there. It was pretty neat. Oh, you you still had your BlackBerry. I did from the NHLPA. So, I was <laughs> <laughs> I, and then I, you ended up giving it to me. <laughs> yeah, because like, I went to the Android, and it was too much too soon for me. I had the flip phone, and yeah. then I went to the Android. I was just like, I can't handle this thing. Can't do this. And then so I got you. You gave me a hand me down BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Do you remember that? <laughs> He still has it. You didn't <laughs> see the picture? The picture he showed you earlier, that's that's still he's still got the Blackberry. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's uh, great. The oldest phone in history. <laughs> so great. Yeah, so I, there was one thing I wanted to bring up was that you know you you um we talking, you know, so our listeners are kids, coaches, parents, but um as far as the chocolate milk endorsement. Yeah. Backed by science. Backed by science. Yeah, I mean, can yeah. you talk? Actually, can you talk to us about that? And like, do, do you still drink chocolate milk after? I, I do actually. <laughs> so I, I had it wasn't it wasn't just for the money. It was it was legit. It was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had heard. Um, I had been told by trainers, and and I had heard that after you know after you train after you work out, like the best thing you can get is. Yeah, I feel like I'm selling it right now. Yeah. The best thing you can get in use chocolate milk. It's got like the, the sugar, it's got the car, you know what I mean? It's got what you need. Um, so I had drank it anyway, and then I I don't know how it came. I think just through my agent, um, they had came out with this. Maybe I'd mentioned it in a in an article or something, and then before the Olympics, um and we got approached by chocolate milk and and they want to do this campaign for us. Like, absolutely, you know what I mean? This is great. And um, yeah, we just, we just went from there. They had a, a great poster of me and the Under Armour cutoff that sprayed in biceps and there. Was great. <laughs> <It was> awesome. <laughs> the chocolate milk mustache. <laughs> yeah. It was great. We did it for a few years and it was, it was fantastic. That's great. One other story I wanted to bring up was when you came out to Boston, we went to the Red Sox game. So on one of my prior like three phones ago or whatever it was uh i have the footage i don't know if i ever sent it to you but so zach and i are up in in the seats and they're playing against minnesota the socks are and i'm like oh my god there's a parisi jersey down there like the guys on you know first baseline front row and i'm like zach you gotta go down and say hello he's like no not a chance like you're totally not him like to just be like hey what's up dude? but i i forced him to go down and the kid was like beside himself. So 
got a picture with him and then I got his number and I sent him the the picture and like I videoed it. It was actually pretty cool. But to see a, an 11 Parisi hockey jersey at the Sox game, I thought that was pretty neat. Ne- never thought I'd see that. One of those at Fenway. No. Yeah. That was right? cool. I, that, yeah. Was, that was really cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. We, that was, and we were on the way, I think on the way down from, from where we were sitting down there. I think you ran into some lady that was selling beer and you sat, sat there and talked to her about 15 minutes in the line. There was about 100 people deep. And people are starting yelling at her and you guys are just chatting like, no big deal. She wouldn't fill anyone's beer. Yeah. I think you knew her from high school. <laughs> yeah, like, Sue Cronin. Yeah. She's the best. <laughs> Recyclable cu- cups, right, Mots? Yeah, bring them back. Bring them back. Yeah, the old, the old that was way like, special back in the day. They used to just count count the cups. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty uh, pretty cool thing to see though. And then we were able to have dinner with uh, with Mawa, right? He came over for a bit. Yeah, yeah, good buddies yeah. with him. Yeah, so that was good. But uh, yeah, as far as getting back to you know your your career, you got drafted first round, played that year in the AHL. I played against you. I, I think you scored a. a, a OT game winner against the the Worcester Ice Cats. <laughs> yeah, uh, you had about six Hobie Baker winners on that team. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we, we take ended, the you take the dash well, Motto. I did. I did take a dash. I, I did take it. I remember it. You know, but um, so do you think that year of the AHL with no real pressure of playing in the NHL helped you kind of get acclimated to the pro game? It, it probably it did for sure. I mean. And, 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 and you can speak to it too. I mean, you felt like it was a different year in the American league just because there was a lot of guys that had played young guys that had played in the NHL the year prior that they just sent down to play. And so the talent level was really good. I feel like each team had one, one line and a good set of D from the NHL. And so it was except for the Worcester ice cats and the Albany river. Until we got the Easter bunny. We picked him up. Cause I remember that. Yeah. yeah, we yeah we played at Worcester. I remember him just hopping around. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so uh, for, for those uh, the Easter Bunny is Brian Gianta. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, he long story short, he had a. Uh, we were it was around springtime, and he um, pastel. We yeah we 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 were, he's wearing a college shirt that. It was just like had all these spring, you know, colors on it. And then we walked into Starbucks and they had a big bunny that had like the exact same shirt on that he did. And so anyway. <laughs> the Easter bunny. And then uh, he, uh, he, he, he can take it though. I mean. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. So it was, it was, I don't know, to play against those guys and play a pro schedule. I mean, for sure that helped, you know, from college you play what, 30, 39 games or something. So. I think to get that in, it wasn't the most enjoyable year, but it was probably really beneficial. Yeah, well, that's definitely. Uh, and I, how I, I looked at it too is like the, the pressure of not having to try and get called up. I thought, right, you know, just kind of you just there, you get to play and kind of yeah. go at your own pace and and not kind of overthink it and have the distractions of what if if you get called up and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, I mean that's I, that's understandable not having to you know, make a mistake and you're getting sent down or, you know, make a good play. You know what I mean? It's just, just play and, and work on your game and, and hopefully the NHL comes back and 
we can all move on. Right. Well, I think it's interesting too, because you look at nowadays and first round picks, like, you know, you do a year or two of college or, you know, maybe go back to junior for another year. And then it's like, they're almost automatically slated to make that NHL team where, you know, I think, you know, when you, when you guys were playing, obviously it was a little different. Like you almost had to, to earn your keep a little bit. And, and, you know, obviously that was a lockout year. So it was a little different, but it was, you know, times have definitely changed, you know, throughout the course of your long career. It, it has. Um, and I think especially going in to, to the devil's organization it was always a, a veteran team, but also a team that, you know, there was, there was nothing that was handed to you. It was, you earned everything. And, and, um, you know, I remember first year playing fourth line with Cam Jansen and Darren Langdon and, you know, playing three, four five minutes a night. And that's just, you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes. This is how you start. You earn your way up, you work your way up. And when you get that chance, hopefully you take advantage, but it was, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, Hey, you're the first rounder, you're going PP and, 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 you know, you're going to be playing 15, 16 minutes. It was at that place. It was, um, you got to earn it. Yeah, it definitely had a, a good culture of leaders and, and doing things the right way. Like you talked about, uh, coach Ward and, and how he cultivated an environment, that environment in New Jersey was very good for, you know, younger players come in, learn the game the right way, learn how to be a pro. And then, you know, you, like you said, you start earning it and then you develop into your own player. But mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of organizations aren't like that, which, yeah. you know, so we were fortunate to, to at least see behind the curtain yeah, and, uh, and, and see what it takes to, to kind of get everyone on the same page at, at, in the, in the professional ranks. It's a little more difficult at, times you know like i always said the closest thing to you know you, you can get to like a good college team or a good junior team like mentality wise and the pros is like where you'll have the most success and i think lou did a good job at eliminating all the distractions and making sure there are no gray areas and it's just black and white and you yep. know the on ice success definitely um you know was a result yeah and somehow he's still able to do that with the way things have changed and and the world has changed he's still able to eliminate all that stuff and, and, and show up and play. And that's all that matters. And so it's, uh, he's got that part figured out. All right. Now, Zach, who was some of the, you know, when you finally, you know, did make it to the NHL, who was some of those, you know, big influencers on your career from a player perspective? Like who are the guys that you looked up to or kind of, you know, guided you through things and, you know, took you out to dinner and, and, and all that type of stuff. We had a good, a really good group of people in New Jersey when I was there. Um, but my, my first year, um, uh, Go Scott Gomez was awesome. Um, had me over his house a lot, invited me out to do stuff and be involved, um, with the team. Pando, uh, Jay Pandolfo was great too. Um, I live right down the street from all these guys. Um, and they were, you know, they're making sure that I was included in things and, and um, you know, it's a, it a pretty intimidating locker room to walk into at the time. They were fresh off winning the cup, I think a year before. Um, so it, that, that wasn't easy, but those guys in, and Jamie Langenbrunner also, um, you know, to an extent, Whitey, I mean, Whitey is just such a, a fun guy and, and same thing, you know, Hey, we're, we're going out, let's go. And, and so, 
um, those guys were you know, Paul Martin too. I mean, he was one of the younger guys, but still you, those type of guys were really good at making me feel included and, um, and, and, you know, welcome, you know, not, not that any other guy wasn't, but I, you know, those guys stand out to, to making things really easy, a lot easier for me. Yeah. The, the JV go to yeah. dinner. <laughs> JV crew. Yeah, no, it was definitely a good group of guys and like all those guys that you mentioned, just quality people as well. And, and that's, I'm sure you, you know, I know you enough where you, you probably did the same thing for rookies coming in, you know, for, for the last 10 years, you know, just being that veteran leader and understanding what it takes and obviously leading by example, which you, you always did anyway, but just kind of having that little more perspective and responsibility as a leader and uh the, the guys that definitely showed you the path yeah when you have, when you have good experience like that you you know what it means to you and, and even when i first uh came came out of north dakota um after we we ended up losing in the uh what was it the regional the region we lost the west regional to denver and i signed a day after and flew out to jersey and um scott stevens was hurt at the time and so Scotty and I would go there, you know, you know, lose rules, hurt guys, whatever. You, you go in way before anyone, you're gone before anyone. So we're, we're working out and skating at six in the morning. Um, but um, so Scotty and I were there and he was really good too. He'd have me over to dinner with his family. Um, he brought me to his son's lacrosse game. I mean, we spent a lot of time together. Um, and so I, if I didn't mention him in that group, I mean, he was, he was awesome for me too when I first signed, uh, first signed there. That's great. What was it like playing with Mots, though? <laughs> <laughs> great, <It's> hilarious. <laughs> the guy, uh, the guy I remember, I'll never forget this guy. Yeah, we had played a game, and I mean, this is like maybe like a week later, um, and and in, in New Jersey, like you don't talk about you don't talk about points. Like it's just about wins and losses. Points don't matter. Wins and losses. And so, Mots comes out to me. He goes. He goes, hey, can you uh, – this is probably, I don't know, 15, 15 games into the season. He goes, hey, can you talk to uh, to Mike Levine for me? I was like, hey, Mike Levine is our PR guy. And I was like, yeah, I mean, what, what's up? He goes, he goes, well, last game I got a – last game I got a helper. And, I mean, they didn't give it to me. And we've played 16 games. I got bagels so far, so I need this. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Moss at the goose eggs. The board, like, I'll get you one. <laughs> so, yeah, so he starts calling me Brugas. Brugas Bagels. <laughs> so I think I got that one switched and you're, you're on the board. Yeah, I was on the board. I don't think I scored a goal like until like the one of the last games of the season. <laughs> and you're just riding me like, dude, Bagels, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mots, I can't believe you were trying to get the apple. Well, it was a legit – I mean, you're in the NHL. You're supposed to be able to get what you deserve. I didn't yeah. I didn't know I had to go sniveling to get off the schneid. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. I got to look at what year this could have been. Oh, gosh, this is embarrassing. I got bagels. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was so bad. Oh, that's outstanding. That yeah. have, I mean, that had to have been what? That was probably – that was 07. I think that was our first year playing together. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know how my my stats, but I know that I had you were I in think, the next months. Four goals, thirteen assists. Thank God it wasn't twelve. <laughs> the seventeen points. 
a tough stretch though. Dash <laughs> eleven though, Mots. That yeah, would have that... been tough if you were like zero 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 and dash eleven. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not adding any value anywhere. He's <laughs> bringing nothing to the table. Yeah, you know, there's only he's a good locker room guy, but he's got nothing yeah. else going on. There's only so many male stripper dances I can get you by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's um, so as far as your, your game, like we've talked, um, you know, it's been documented about your work ethic and your compete level. But one thing that I always we, we kind of talk about on the you know when we talk about some skill sets here on the podcast, but 50-50 pucks. Um, you know, it's it's a mentality thing. It's a there's different ways to win pucks. It's not just all strength, but there's a determination that goes along with it. And when we played together, if I you know playing the left wing, I was playing the right D, I could be more in an offensive position. Not that I did anything with it, but I would just say like <laughs> When you're going in for a 50-50 puck, it was more often than not like 90-10 that you're coming out with it on some level. So did you ever specifically work on those skill sets, or did, was that just something that you just kind of picked up naturally? And and can you just talk to us a little bit about that kind of you know snapshot within a game? I, uh, we worked on that a lot. Um, I think um, we skated uh, – at a young age, skating at Shattuck, we skated all the time. We played pickup games, and and with that group of players, our stick work was unbelievable compared to everyone else. Whether it was just like little, I mean, the rules changed, but you know, little can openers, little little hooks, little lifts of the sticks. Um, we we worked at that so much, and then and I think to to an extent, to your point, it's it's a mindset too. I mean, so much is a mentality of of. You know, and I'm, you know, me and you are going there. I'm getting this puck, and if if I'm not, then you're going to get hurt coming out with it. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the mindset of, of of. Yeah, back in the day, we were going to break their break their wrist. Right. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm getting this thing. So um, I think a lot of it was is 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 some good stick work, but a lot of it is just mindset mentality of of getting that thing out of there. And you think a lot of that was just, you know, like you said, kind of unstructured games, pickup hockey, shin, you know, we call it kind of shinny hockey. That's what we grew up playing. Uh, you think a lot of that, you know, was, was attributed to that? I think so. I think a lot of it is, is little, just little tricks that you learn, you know, whether it's poking the guy's elbow or some, just little things like that, um, throwing them off balance a little bit and, and just you, you kind of acquire these different things. Um, uh, when you're playing and then all of a sudden you're, you're using them in the games, it just becomes natural. And, um, but I think I've learned a lot of it just from, from working at it out there, uh, in, in those little games that we played. We did this drill called the pork chop drill. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, it was like uh, the D on the dot winger on the hash and the puck gets thrown in the corner, like a pork chop and you can just go, rrr, 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 rrr. just go, <laughs> go in there and, this is kind of a mind, mindless drill that, you know, Coach Sutter decided to do. But um, Zach was always very difficult to go against because, like, he'd be, like, like biting your ankles and then, like, just, like, you know. But then all of a sudden it's, like, tucked in between your feet, bar down. And it's, like, where'd that come from? You know, but, like, this little, you know, just one little opportunity and it ends up in the back of the net. But it's just a simple well, one. You, you can do that when you have a curve on your stick, too. Get it, get it <laughs> yeah, up gotta, quick like that. When you got a toe curve, it just sits in there nice. <laughs> yeah. Not the not the paddle. No, yeah. the heel curve, you just want to get rid of it. 
Well, it, it did. <laughs> it did double as the Gatorade stir. <laughs> That's why I was so waterlogged. Yeah. So you know, it was it was definitely a, a Swiss Army knife. Forgot about the pork chop. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Brent Sutter staple. It was a staple, but you know, effective drill for you know, I guess for. Just compete in um, small area one on one, but yeah, no I, I usually like the flow drills. You know, get get a good touch. You know, snap the puck around, <laughs> feel good about it. <laughs> Don't want to be defending. Yeah, but as far as you know, for coaches listening, I mean, you think of it, it's a a mindless drill, right? Just the pork chop drill. But there you go, like it teaches that compete and who's going to yeah. win puck battles and things like that. And it's something that you know. We have coaches all the time asking us about drills and what we should be doing and if we should be, you know, teaching these certain modules and, and you know, different different things. And it's like, there it is right there. You toss a puck in a corner and just <laughs> see who comes out with it, right? Yeah. Like, and it's it's 90% of the game of those little little puck battles, right? Yep, yep. And we're seeing it now, too. It's it's hard. At, and I'm granted my kids are, like, the one that plays hockey seven. Um you know, but it's hard, it's a, it's a hard thing to teach them that, you know, that aggressiveness to get in there. And you know, then you, you watch the game, and there everyone's kind of a little passive. And you see that one or two kids that gets in there, gets his nose in there, and, and gets the puck. And um, but it's it's a hard thing to teach at for them at a young age. Yeah, I mean that's a big part of the game, though. And and one one of the biggest things is you know telling someone to care. You know, you, yeah. you can't just it's not really uh it can be a learned skill, but I, I just feel that, you know, that burning internal desire to win a puck like that you have, it's, that's, yeah. it's innate. And like, I think you, you know, you, you've had it, you know, from when you, whenever you first strapped on the skates, but it's, it's such a good skill to encourage and, and, and all over the ice, like those 50, 50 puck battles, we always say like, you win those, you're going to win more often than not, like yeah. on the scoreboard. So, Yep. Yep. Now, Zach, you just said you you know your seven year olds playing. Can you talk about you know kind of the the state of hockey in Minnesota and and you know as opposed to when you grew up and and also you know kind of your philosophies on you know I know you you said he's he's still young but you know we see it in Massachusetts quite a bit as kids year round playing going to tournaments all summer long and just not giving their bodies a break not playing other sports. What's your philosophy on that type of stuff? I mean, he does play. He play. He plays in the winter, and then, um, and then just this summer he had two tournaments. And and I remember looking back too. We we would play year round, but it was it was again it was a couple tournaments in the summer. It was practice, a couple tournaments, and that was it. I mean, you, you see now you see the you know the full year of of you know every weekend, you know and. and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, from my personal experience, like I just, like we were talking about earlier, I just want to see him and I want to see them do other things. I mean, it's, I, mean I think you just look at it statistically of the, you know, I, I mean, you hate saying it, but statistically the number of kids that are going to make it to the NHL, it's not high. Just, I mean, those are the numbers. So, you know, I'll, I'll give him and, and I'll give him every opportunity I can and if he wants, if he wants to play hockey every weekend, then 
okay, let's do it. You know what I mean? I, I don't, he wants to do other things. He wants to play baseball and he wants to play soccer. He loves basketball. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what he wants to do in the summer. And you can tell that he gets a little, you know, he gets a little burnt out of hockey after the season. He wants to do other things, which is, which to me is great. Let's, let's hang the bag up. Let's play some golf. Let's, let's go, let's go do other stuff. Um, and, you know, and then, but then he'll get the itch again and he wants to play hockey again. And so we'll, we'll start up again, but, um, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll give him every opportunity that I can, but I right now at this age, I just want him to have fun with it and, and have fun playing everything else too. Like I said, I mean, he, he comes home from baseball and he's all fired up. He comes home from a soccer game. He's, it's the greatest thing ever. So, you know, it's, let's just enjoy it and enjoy being a kid. That's great. Yeah, that's great message. Yeah, that's what, um, you know, Ray Bork and Brian Leach mentioned the same stuff. You want to have that excitement when you go back to the rank when you, after yeah. you take a break. And it, it kind of just pushes the reset button. And that's pretty cool that, uh, that Jax is, is into a bunch of different things and you're getting, uh, you're getting around to, to be able to see him and, you know, throw BP. You know, I know you have a yeah. rag on, so these kids are probably just turning on it. <laughs> oh, rag on her. <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll talk to me too. And he'll say, you know, the whole, he wants to play in the NHL when he grew, grew up, grows up just like, just like his dad, and just like you and just like my grandpa. And, and I said, that's great. Like, I, I hope you do. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. You know what I mean? You got to be ready to work and, and, you know, he's, he's all fired up about it. And then, so it, like I said, I mean, I hope he, I hope that he loves the game and wants to do it as much as I did when I was that age. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Well, we, uh, we want to thank you for your time, Zach. We just, uh, Really appreciate you taking the time and coming on to Alicia and the, the kids that we say uh, say hello and can't wait to see you. I will. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me on. TSR Hockey, New England's premier hockey store, is proud to partner with the Range Ranks. TSR Hockey is the hockey store that specializes in fitting. TSR fits players correctly to the right gear to maximize each player's performance. TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel. Ensure that your team looks the best this season. Visit www.tsrhockey.com. I actually talked to those guys today, and we got a new announcement. There's going to be some rink shrink swag going into all the TSRs. They got multiple locations at different rinks, and uh, there's going to be a nice little rink shrinks uh, swag alert in uh, in all those little pro shops that they got going so it'll be awesome you'll be able to buy that stuff right there there's t-shirts hats different things like that we're going to put some different stuff out there so that you know grandma and grandpa with their you know hundred dollar bills in their pockets can uh, spend it on some rink shrink swag love it some good gear there's some nice hats some nice uh toques if you want to call them a toque or winter hat it's up to you and some long sleeves some hoodies uh check it out quarter zips quarter zip all right guys hopefully everybody enjoyed that um interview with Zach Parisi. That was excellent. Learned a, uh, a lot about his story and his path and obviously the influence that his father and everything um, had on his car- hockey career. So definitely like to thank him and, and we wish him the best of luck this season. Uh, 
as we wrap up here, obviously we got some merchandise for sale and uh, we already told you it's going to be in some TSR stores coming up, but you can still buy it online. Um, the link is rinkshrinks21.itemorder.com slash sale. Um, that's also in our Instagram bio. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the rink shrinks. They've been doing a lot of great content on there and, uh, and also Twitter at rink shrinks, uh, fill up that voicemail for next up episode three, four, seven, six shrink again, three, four, seven, six, seven, four, seven, four, six, five, or you can email us any questions at rink shrinks at gmail.com. Uh, once again, thank you to all of our sponsors, Franklin Sports, TSR Hockey, uh, Cross Country Mortgage, Skit Scott, and uh, the Lee Heffernan Group with uh, Compass Real Estate. Great episode, Mots. Yeah, it was great to chat with Zach. You know, he's a, a role model on and off the ice. So a uh, few coaches out there, just I would, I would recommend having your players watch Zach Parisi closely. He does a lot of the great little things well, like we talked about on the uh, in the interview there. Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, once again, we dedicated this episode to uh, to our good friend Jimmy Hayes. Um, you know, it was a tough loss for us, and, and we thank everybody for bearing with us for, you know, taking a week off. But uh, it was a tough loss to the hockey community, and he was, you know, certainly a good friend of ours. So rest in peace, Jimmy, and we, we love you, buddy. Rest in peace. Cue the rink shrink shuffle there, Dave. Dave.